You've been called up to the big leagues. Welcome to the show. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Joined by prospect fanatics Christian Crespo and Mr. Baby Huey over here. D-Mendy coming at you guys with another episode. How y'all doing tonight? Christian, what have you been up to, man? We were talking a little Ozark before the show. You got to yeah. get on that. Uh, but other than that, how you been? I've been good. Um, it's a lot going on right now, especially after the draft and especially dynasty football. I've had like four rookie drafts already kick off today. Glad to be uh, talking some baseball again. It's always refreshing to talk baseball. And uh, yeah. BH, how about you, man? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, I Just for those who don't know, I came up with a little random nickname for myself, and it's starting to stick already. So <laughs> I may be called Baby Huey going forward. It's very unique, baby Huey. Is there any reason for that, like for that name, or did it just? No, it literally. I was just, I just knew I was meeting with you two guys, you know, just it was in private, I guess, and I just like <laughs> popped in my head and I just wrote it in there instead of my own name. You might have to start putting <laughs> baby Huey and then your your Twitter name in there uh, from now on. Yeah. But yeah, we're besides nicknames, of course, you guys know we're going to be covering everything and all things prospects on this show. We're talking about guys about to be called up. We're talking about our players of the week down in the minors. There's so much good stuff coming. And without further ado, why don't we get started with, of course, our normal segment, Kick It Off. That's going to be our players of the week. You know, we give you each pitchers and hitters for this category. Christian, we're going to kick us off with Shea Langerleers and the Oakland Athletics Organization. And the catcher right now is Raken. Yeah, he is absolutely on fire. And a uh, big thing that he has going for him was a situation that he found himself in heading into this season and uh, joining Oakland and, you know, a team that's rebuilding and um, looking to possibly move on from Sean Murphy, too. But, I mean, he's over his past 10 games, he's hit four home runs on the year. He's hitting 294, 407, 647 with seven total home runs. And the big thing for him is that he's only striking out 19.8% of the time, which is huge compared to what he was. Um, striking out the rate he was striking out at before and then not only that but he's striking uh, he's walking almost 15 percent of the time as well so he's you know he's really fighting at those bats he's working the counts he's finding ways to get on base putting the ball in play and it's it's really shown the you know the development that he's gone through as he's worked through the minor league system because um defense has never been his issue. I mean, coming into this season, he's thrown out 42% of base runners, which is incredible. And he's he's a really good athlete behind the plate as well. Uh, the biggest question was, would his bat translate? And, you know, would it be able to play up to, I guess, major league standards? And, you know, this season so far, he's really showing it. And like I said, if Sean Murphy does get traded, you know, Shea Langoliers, even if he doesn't, I mean, he could come right, right into the majors and, you know, make an impact the same way Christian Pache is doing for them right now. I mean, they're, they're going to give these guys all the opportunity in the world because they got to see what they got. Yeah. And and like you said, the the sign of growth from him is just very noticeable. The last time he's played meaningful games, obviously last year he played triple A. He only played in five games, but in double A last year, he played 92 games. Like you mentioned, the strikeout rate, it's down to under 20% from 26%. The walk rate 9.7 to nearly 15%. Right now, he's got a 353 ISO down in the minor leagues and over 400 on base percentage. WRC plus, which for those that don't know, 100 is considered the average for WRC plus. He's got 167 WRC plus. So, I mean, he's clicking on all cylinders yeah. right now. He's ready to step in if 
Sean Murphy were to go down or were to get traded. Very much somebody that you should keep your eye on, especially if you're in a two-catcher league. He could be somebody that could step in and be very big for your fantasy team. And this in yeah. real life, somebody that's exciting for the Oakland organization who don't have very many exciting players right now. Okay. But uh, also, Mike, you have a guy here that's tearing the cover off the mm-hmm. ball. And that's Ezekiel Tovar in the Colorado Rockies organization, just absolutely destroying baseballs as well. Yeah, and uh, again, I went with the last 10 days because that was easier for me to find. But uh, the reason that he stuck out stuck out to me, uh, I've been talking about him a little bit, and he's been getting some sort of uh, buzz, I guess. Uh, it's just his age, uh, age 20 in double A. And uh, when I looked at the scouting grades coming into the season, you know, I've kind of been interested in him. He's got a plus hit tool. Uh, he stole 30, I believe, 31 bases last season. And he's only listed as, as a below average speed, but I don't think – that's accurate. I think he's shown the ability to steal bases at a pretty high clip and it's carried over into double A this year. Uh, overall, he's, he's hitting 309, 397, 559. He's got a 163 WRC plus in, in double A as a 20 year old shortstop with an 11.5% walk rate and a 20.5% K rate. So there's just a lot of signs here for me. Uh, from a, like a dynasty perspective, I don't expect him to make the majors this year, but he also did well in spring training. So he's definitely someone that I, I'm making like a priority add in dynasty leagues and, uh, you know, would trade as like get in, get included into a deal as like a secondary piece, hoping that he like rises into like the top 50 down the road. Now, let me ask you, Mike. So you have right now, Jose Iglesias is their primary shortstop. You have Brennan Rogers kind of subbed in there. Uh, he's also Rogers playing a little bit of some second base as well. Uh, do you think he's the next guy for the Rockies to come and step in for shortstop? Or do you think there's a prospect ahead of him that would get that job before he could? Mm, that was top of your uh, head. Off the top of my head. I, if Ryan Velade, I believe his name is, I'm not sure if he can play shortstop, but he's in triple a, he's the only guy who comes off the top of my head. I mean, I, I think the, the organization sees him as their future. I don't think there's anyone currently there. That uh, I mean, they might have even seen it as as the the reason that they could justify trading story. And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. trust the Rockies; like their their track record's pretty sketchy here. But it's a great organization, and all the everything combined, it's just like just flashing lights, like pick them up basically. Do you think he debuts this year? If you had to to bet on it, or do you think it's next year? No, I think it's next year. Okay, I think he might. I think he might jump get jumped up to AAA, but I don't think he'll make it up this year. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, the, the Rockies are going to Rocky. And <laughs> even if they've got a bright prospect, they're just going to sign some crusty old vet off the street to come and pl- play for them. So, oh, God, the Rockies just torment us <laughs> every freaking year. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the pitching side of things. And Christian, you were excited about Dre Jameson in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization, and he's playing some good ball right now. Yeah, he's. He's been crazy, crazy good, and uh, it led to him actually getting promoted to AAA, so that's uh, huge for him, so he's going to be pitching in Reno now, but before that, I mean, he had, he had in his last 16 and two-thirds innings, he hadn't issued a walk. Not only that, but he also didn't allow a single run, so it goes to show why he was you know, promoted from AA to AAA, but I mean, he's got a really strong arsenal with a plus fastball, plus slider, and then two above average um Two other above average pitches in his changeup and curveball that all play off each other extremely well. Uh, one big thing when he got drafted was would he be able to command the zone? 
And as he's continued to progress through um, Arizona's system, he's, you know, been able to pinpoint his location. And like I said, all his whole arsenal just plays off itself really well. He's got an explosive arm and, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of scouts have said that's really going to be impactful at the major league level as well. I mean, he projects to be a mid rotation arm. So that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's what a team needs, especially a young team like the, like the Diamondbacks that are, you know, on, you know, on the cusp, they've got a lot of young prospects on their team, especially hitters, hitters and pitchers. I mean, I think it's a very underrated uh, farm system and we've talked about this uh, off air about how deep their farm system is and how underrated it is to have a lot of prospects that, you know, fly under the radar and, Trey Jamison is one of those. He just continues to climb through the organization and dominate at each level he is at. So it's it's exciting to follow him for sure. Do you think there's any chance he's a bullpen arm? I know he can touch 100 and he can sit like right around the mid 90s. Do you think that he has the stuff that will eventually play into that mid rotation? Or do you think you could see him potentially being a really valuable piece in the bullpen? Um, if it wasn't for the fact that he has above average an above average third and fourth pitch, I'd say maybe the bullpen, but I mean, he's, he's got such a feel for four pitches that I can see him sticking in a rotate in a big league rotation in his career. Yeah. Right. Like you said right now, he's up with the Reno aces, the triple a team for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, uh, I mean, is it scary to say, or I shot, that's not the right word. Is it fair to say he could be able to, uh, make his debut this year, even if it's maybe just out of the bullpen in 2022 for this club? Yeah, I, I don't see why not kind of like um like a Spencer Strider role that mm-hmm. the Braves have with him right now. Just kind of like the higher leverage, maybe multi-inning towards the end of the season. But uh, a big thing that he has going for him, in my opinion, is what the Diamondbacks did this offseason in bringing over Brett Strom from the Astros mm-hmm. and what he's been able to do with like Merrill Kelly and Madison Bumgarner's while his advanced numbers don't look great in the numbers on the page for the box score watchers look good and he might not pass the eye test test but he's being effective and it's it's really what he's done with that pitching staff so far really looks good so once he gets his hands on somebody like Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson as well and all these other guys that are coming up in their system it's going to be it's going to be really exciting uh, just based off of what he's been able to do thus far. I mean, that was, that was to me, their biggest move of the off season and it's paying dividends already. Yeah. And you mentioned Red Strong. He's uh, one of the best pitching coaches out there coming over from the Astros last year. And I just did a lot of research on Christian Javier this off season and him being a, a big part of Javier's transformation when he got into the bullpen and him being able to throw more strikes was because of Brent Strom. And again, when you get the right coaches in these places, they can work wonders on these pitchers. He's definitely one of them. So I, I, that's a really key point that I like you brought up there and talking about how he can keep developing, not just the guys in the in the ball club right now with the Diamondbacks, but with the guys that are coming up as well. Yep. Now, Mike, you have a repeat offender here, but again, this guy is deserved of it. Matthew Libertor, who... Uh, we talked about last week, just absolutely. Uh, he's on, he's on the cusp right now. The, there's some questions in the Cardinals organization in terms of their starting rotation. I really am skeptical of Jordan Hicks sticking into one of those starting roles, whether it's because he gets hurt or just something happens with his performance. I feel like he's right around the corner from potentially taking a spot in that rotation sometime soon. 
What'd you notice from our guy this past week? Well, uh, mainly this, the standout stuff at AAA versus other pitchers going on right now. I mean, when you have two straight starts of seven innings with no earned runs, striking out hitters. And the reason he, or I didn't get a chance to talk much about him last year or last week, but he caught my eye last year because he was 21 years old in AAA, which is, which is unique in itself. And his numbers didn't jump off the page, but he actually held his own considering the how much older his competition and more experienced it was. So he was someone I've kind of had on my radar uh, coming into the season. And now he's doing what I expected in his repeat performance in AAA. And he's still only 22 years old. So this is like, I don't see him as necessarily like a high upside prospect, but I see him as like a high floor guy who's going to mm-hmm. be like a number three, number four type starter. Those kind of guys that you just, he's not going to be on the waiver wire. He's going to be in someone's lineup in every league when he's, you know, and you'll, you'll, you'll play him most of the time. I don't know what kind of success he'll have coming out. Like I don't trust rookies their first time through a lot. Pitchers a little bit more, but I, I'd more expect him to be like a 2023 20, option who could, who could be drafted late in a lot of leagues, similar to like Mackenzie Gore and, and just be like a really good player just right out the gate for you. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, somebody that might have a higher floor than a higher ceiling, not necessarily his stuff, I don't think is blowing people away. Like you see these guys coming up with their, you know, double digit case per nine, and maybe he won't be that, but he could be someone that's steady for that organization and that rotation. Yeah. Do you remember who he was traded for, Mike? I know it was from Tampa Bay. Was it? Uh, it's, 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 I lost my. Uh, Rosarena, yep. Ah, there we go. Good memory. Good. I did look it up, but yeah, uh, just a couple of years ago, just uh, him and Randy Rose are the big parts. Also, Jose Martinez, if you remember him, he was part of that deal as well. Yeah. But uh, a good help coming for uh, the Cardinals, whether it's sometime this year or next year. Uh, but he should be a good pitcher for them. Yep. Some notable promotions. There were a couple. One of them happened just a couple hours recording or before recording here. Kyle Bradish, I want to talk about first for the Baltimore Orioles because Christian, you were very much a big fan of him when we were brought him up pre-show. What did you think of his debut? Which not too bad of a debut. The two Ks obviously could be better, but you were talking about how his strikeout stuff in the minors was pretty solid. Yeah, he, in the minor leagues this year, in 15 innings, he had a K per nine over 10, which is, I mean, it's it's good. It's a good you know K per nine ratio. But I think the thing that I found most interesting was um, because he came over to Baltimore from L.A. in the Dylan Bundy trade. And for L.A., a team that has struggled so much with uh, starting pitching and especially starting pitching depth, it was kind of intriguing to see them uh, trade Bradish in that deal. Um, I mean, he's somebody that has a five pitch uh, arsenal and all of them grade above average, you know, above a 50 grade, um, a fastball cutter, curveball, slider change. And he's able to command each pitch. He's got a really good vertical, um, vertical rise on his fastball that plays really well with the horizontal break, uh, to both sides of the plate that he gets on his slider and his changeup. And, um, like I said, he just commands the pitches very well. And even though he didn't showcase like, you know, the, the big, you know, strikeout numbers in his debut. I mean, he was effective against a really good Red Sox lineup in, you know, Camden Yards. They moved the left field fences back, but they still have 
mashers in that lineup. And for him to be able to control them, tame them in his first outing, I thought it was really, I thought it was a, a really good performance, especially a really good debut for somebody so young. Uh, it, I was excited to see when he got called up and I paid a lot of attention to his first start and it definitely passed the eye test. So, I mean, he, uh, we were talking about it before. He didn't really get many whiffs on his pitches either. But like I said, if he continues to pitch to contact and he's getting the outs, that's that's all that matters, especially for a team like Baltimore right now. Yeah, they need pitching. He got nine whiffs on his 81 pitches, three with the slider, three with the change, which Christian were talk- was talking about potentially uh, before the show. We were saying that maybe the slider was two different pitches and that baseball savant might have only classified it as one. Um, so he has five different pitches he's throwing. And you never know. I mean, the fact that, you, like you said, he held that offense to what he did in his debut, definitely good signs for him. I'm interested to see his next start and see what we get from him, but this was definitely a good debut. The other guy will be quick, MJ Melendez, Kansas City Royals. Love him as a prospect. Led all of the minor leagues last year with 41 home runs. I am very firmly believe the only reason he didn't start out this year with the club was because of Salvador Perez and obviously him being the best catcher in baseball. There's not really a place for him at this point. But he was off to a slow start. He had a 160, 284, 280 slash line and 88 appearances, uh, plate appearances in AAA. But this was, again, last year, a 293, 413, 620 line in 45 games. You know he can do it. Oh, yeah. uh, I just think we were talking also a little before the show. Potentially, if you think you're going to make the team and then you don't, that sometimes your head may not be. When you get sent down to, back down to AAA, you're like, what else do I have to prove? And play. Double A pitching last year, doing really well in spring training, and then he gets sent down, and then where's his head going to be at? So like angry bat flips when he's hitting home runs. Exactly, like th- that's something that people don't talk about a lot. I don't necessarily want to weigh the, the these numbers that we see in AAA this year as what they are overall as a player for this season. I really think there's a lot of room for them to improve, and they will. Um, but the defensively, Melendez has a plus arm. They. Uh, do say he needs to work on his blocking the plate and just receiving in general, but I do think he's going to get some time at the DH. He's going to catch. He's going to get some plate appearances. So I'm very excited. MJ Melendez is here, and the next big prospect in the Kansas City organization to debut. Yeah, and you and you mentioned his uh, his defense, but um, you know Salvador Perez isn't the greatest defender either. But one thing that he does have going for him is his manager being Mike Matheny and Mike Matheny mm-hmm. being a big league catcher for a long time. So that's somebody he's going to be able to learn from as well. Great point. And um, let's go from that. So let's go to our prospect watch. And we've got a couple guys here starting off with Mr. Ricky. I, I, I was going to make like a Ricky joke, but uh, <laughs> didn't come to be a time. So he's a left-handed pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Ricky Tiedemann, why don't you go ahead and talk about your guy, Christian? Yeah, I think it's Tiedemann. Tiedemann, thank you. Um, so he was a third-round pick for Toronto in the 2021 draft out of Golden West uh, Junior College. And uh, his last outing was actually really good against Bradenton in, in low A. He had five, he pitched five perfect innings with nine strikeouts and he features a, a pretty good three pitch mix. Um, for somebody his age, it's a really, uh, it's a mid to high fastballs, a high spin changeup and an above average spin slider. And I mean, his RPMs on his changeup is almost around 2200, which is 
relatively high for what a changeup should be, but a slider is spinning at 2,600, which is above average. And then, like I said, he, he pairs it with a mid-90s fastball. And that's all coming from the left side, which he, he's pitching really effective. Uh, just somebody that I, you know, I'm I'm interested in now, especially after seeing this this start by um this start by him against Bradington. Yeah, another great young pitcher in the Blue Jays organization. Uh, he also, I, I don't know if you, did you mention that he has a circle change? Yeah. You, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I missed, missed that. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, he's somebody that right now in single a, you know, right now, maybe debut probably not till 2024, I would expect or somewhere around there, but, uh, very much someone to keep an eye on. It, um, it has looked good really much recently. So I, I should mention also, I have a buddy who's a very good dynasty player and he's on this guy big time. At like in and some other industry people I've heard whispers like I think he's going to be a pretty big riser so he's probably available in a lot of leagues I would go get him. Ooh, yeah, I would. We should even, clip even if it's just to trade him later, you know. <laughs> I like let's, it. Uh, let's let's wait to release this episode until after tonight's waivers run. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, Mike. Uh, let's stay with you now, Evan Carter of the Texas Rangers organization. Uh, he's locked in right now, and the stats that you have up there show it. For right now in the 2022 season what do you think of evan carter is he somebody that um you think when is he debuting do you think he's he's got a shot to contribute for this rangers team this year or next year i don't know if it's that quickly um the, the main reason he stuck out to me he intrigued me last year uh and he ended up getting injured but i saw signs uh, that i look for in young players and it's like as soon as i saw it that the rangers bumped him up to high a and just basically just said he was already done with low eight. I, I look at things with the age versus level thing. You'll probably hear me say that a lot over time, but a 19 year old who's excelling at high A is not very common. Um, overall, he's got a plus hit tool and plus speed. So he's, we're already seeing signs of him developing power. Um, he's 6'4, 190. He's power is coming. And I don't like to throw out comps, like, I rarely even think about them. But I just like can't help but think of like Kyle Tucker and like Josh Lowe type guys, like down the line, uh, that sort of big frame guy with power and speed that uh, takes a lot of walks. He's a guy that I'm targeting in every league, and I think he's going to be especially valuable in OEP leagues. So he's definitely a, a like another big riser, I think, in the coming weeks or months when lips new updates come out. We could have uh, baby Huey's risers. I love Kyle Tucker. <laughs> that's a pretty that, the fact that you're throwing that comp out there especially oh, for serious? someone that doesn't do that for a 19 year old in a ball i mean it feels ridiculous but like that's that's what's popping in my head those two guys well so. i love it i mean since he's not ready to debut anytime soon let's talk about who's next who is ready to debut and you guys each picked a player you feel like are kind of on the cusp here starting with leover paguaro i think that's how you say his name for the Beguero. Ah, yeah. see, Christian is going to help me with the <laughs> yeah. names like that that I'm not going to be able to pronounce very well. Go ahead, Christian. Talk about your guy who's in the Pirates organization. Um, just for me, his his hit tool is actually really developed for somebody his age. Not just a hit tool, but he plays really solid defense too, whether it's at shortstop or second base. And the reason why I think he's, I mean, right now he's in Double A, so. Uh, you think he's double A, you know, he might not be close, but with O'Neill Cruz struggling 
and they might they've been hesitant to call him up uh Kevin Newman just went on the IL with an injury he's supposed to miss multiple weeks so I feel like Piguero can step right in and go in and play shortstop for the Pirates right now I mean they're not going to call up Nick Gonzalez it doesn't they've like I said, they've been hesitant to call up O'Neill Cruz. You know, they want him to work on his defense and all this other stuff, but kind of get him right in kind of a mental aspect. I'm sure he'll be up in a couple weeks, but it's going to be um, like we were talking about before the show. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, especially with these prospects, to see how long it takes for them to come up now that the roster sizes are being cut down starting tomorrow. I mean, we're already seeing a lot of guys being sent down. Like the the Rays just sent down Josh Lowe in a surprising move. But um, I feel like the way with the way that um, Pueyo's been performing at the Double A level, he can and he has risen quickly too. Like I said, for somebody his age, he's got a really developed hit tool, and um, he's able to spray the ball to all fields too, which is another plus for him. And uh, the Pirates are, you know, they're rebuilding now as well and they're giving all these young guys a chance why not why not let him come up and and show him show what he's capable of yeah i love and the, as we talked about the pirates are going to need these guys to come in and fill positions because they don't have a lot of talent right now with the big league club all right real quick mike why don't you wrap us up with your guy caleb killian right-handed pitcher for the chicago cubs in their organization what stuck out to you about him and he's on mute. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. I unmuted his mic. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, move. So this is a this is a guy that I uh, caught my attention last year uh, when he was with the Giants. Uh, I wasn't very high on him at the time, and then he got traded in the Chris Bryant deal, I believe. And the Cubs have started to unlock some stuff. He started to gain more uh, speed on his fastball, and the reason that I'm really intrigued by him. Uh, he he excelled at the AFL last year. He's one of the best uh, pitchers in the AFL as well. So that's like a, a sign of someone who's ready for the majors usually, especially on the pitching side for me. And uh, one of the main reasons I'm intrigued by him is the, the double plus command with four pitches. And it seems like thing, it seems like all of his pitches seems to be improving. The clips I've seen of him is pretty nasty stuff but overall. It looks like it's going to be difficult to hit, especially with man, even though he's not throwing hundred miles an hour or anything. So, uh, he's 24 years old, going almost about to be 25. The Cubs don't seem to have a lot going on in their rotation. Uh, I think they traded for him because they're high on him. And and uh, I last thing I'll say is I do little uh, leaderboards by levels, and uh, it was Max Meyer, Grayson Rodriguez, and then Caleb Killian on the tip leaderboard. So he's another guy I'm targeting. You know, just want to get him right now before. Because I think he's going to be a popular ad even in like uh, fab leagues and stuff uh, for that week. You know, once he gets the call. Since you have him as a who's next, if you had to give a prediction today when you think he gets called up, when do you think it would be? I mean, I'm I'll I'll be the first to admit I'm pretty terrible at predicting uh, call ups just because I do I would do different things than the, most of the teams. But for me, he's pitching well enough for it could be any day. It, it, it could literally be three days from now. Or I mean, two weeks. Like it's, I'm gonna say, it's, I'm gonna say June, mid June. June, okay. Kind of I mean, that's very summertime. Either way, whether it's in a few days or a few weeks, or I mean, middle of June's a month and a half away. It just means it's coming. Like it, it's yeah. not like it's it's gonna be like at the end of this year, or next year. Like it's coming. 
So mm-hmm. that's a, these two guys that were brought up. That means we saved this last segment for you guys to put these names on your radar. Because if you're in any league right now where you could use an upgrade at these positions or, or you know, for guys that have these types of talents, they're coming up. And you can be the first to be on these players early by watching this show. This show, yeah. they do everybody does a great job. These two crushed it this week to look for the guys that you got to keep an eye on in your deep leagues that are down, down in low A, and then guys that are who's next, guys that are ready to be called up to the big leagues to help your fantasy teams out, help the real life teams out. Because that's what yeah. we do here at the call up. Yeah, I mean, and and uh Michael hit it on the nose. I mean, he's got like 70 grade command already. It, it's it's not really showing right now because he does have um, a pretty high walk rate. He's got a 9.8% walk rate so far this season, um, but that's not anything like that he's done in the past. I mean, last year when he uh, prior to the trade, he had a 3.3% walk rate. So and, and the year before he had a 1.3% uh, walk rate. So it's, like I said, he when he does come up, he's going to make an impact for the team. He's he's ready to go. Now on that note, we're going to wrap up there. Try to keep you guys thirty minutes or so every single week. Tons of great players, a lot of great information that these two worked to make sure they got you guys this week. Uh, but guys, that's going to wrap it up. So, any last things oh. you want to say to the? Yes, Christian's got one more thing to say. Yeah, to the uh, we we have to. Um, Quickly shout out Tristan Cassis, his weekly uh, shout out <laughs> on the podcast. Because if we didn't, we know that John would um would probably cry at night. Um, That's right. And I'm sure he updated the Bobby D uh, strikeout board as well. So we got to get an update on that when um when we get him back on. Also, we got a surprise extra episode. Ooh, Christian, you are not going to tease that I am I was not going to say, say anything about until it does come out but really big um you know we got an up-and-coming prospect coming on the show john and i are going to interview him tomorrow and hopefully get that out for you guys as soon as it's done that's right so we're recording this on sunday night this will probably be out monday morning which means they are going to be recording it during the day that this comes out which means it'll be out sometime this week yes it'll be tuesday tuesday uh but guys if you enjoy also, the prospect interviews, let us know because we're something we're hoping we can do a lot more of as well. We love to be able to talk to these guys face to face, learn more about themselves as players, everything they go through down in the minor leagues. people too. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Get so, to know them before they before they get up to the big leagues. 